Good morning. Are we all right? Are we recording? Lovely. Good morning. If we haven't met yet, my name is Melanie, and I'm married to Stu and mummy to Levi and Asher and help look after this beautiful church. Um, I'm predominantly responsible for the under-18s, so I look after the young, and I take care of what we do in the community, so, uh, which I absolutely love to do. This morning, I want to talk about going deeper, so I hope that's all right. I hope you've come prepared this morning to get wet. Um, you will know that I have two boys, so one of them's called Levi and one of them's called Asher, and Levi has this adventurous spirit inside of him that means he acts first and thinks later, which has caught us off guard so many times, particularly when we've been around water. So Levi views these two items of footwear. One is his wellies, um, which are absolutely caked in mud, and one are his orange Crocs. He views both these pairs of shoes as serving the same function, So the wellies and the crocs are literally there to protect the bottom of his feet. So no matter where we are, what time of year it is, this or this will do. So this will run headfirst into the sea with mummy shouting, don't let it go over the top of your wellies as he's waist deep. And these will be worn in winter, outside in the garden, in the snow, wherever really, because actually the job they serve is to protect the bottom of his feet so that he can go deeper. You will often find us around water. I look like I'm a very panicked mummy around water. And you will be thinking to yourself, man, she must have some issues over thinking her kids are going to drown or something. It's never that. It's that I don't have spare clothes with me. I'm fairly sure we're going to have to go home in the car naked. I, I can't quite work out how to get you back to the car, sopping wet. And we've learned with Levi over the years that it doesn't matter what time of year it is. So we have been in the sea in Torquay because someone has to go with him. So when I say we, I mean me. We have been in the sea in February half term and October half term in Torquay because we don't understand that it's cold and that we've got wellies and coats on. We just go head first into the sea. And what I want to talk to us about this morning is living with that same spirit so that no matter what the season is, no matter what the shoes you wear, no matter what you're doing, you live with that sense of, if God says, come, I'm coming. I'm running. I'm going straight in. I'm going full throttle. I'm going head first into what he's got for me. At one of the prayer meetings, I brought a word Um, that that basically can be summarized with, if you go deeper, I will build higher. And I saw this picture of a building site, and, and I felt, I honestly felt like I was walking around it, to be honest, and I could see that they dug down foundations, but I felt God saying, go deeper, go deeper, go deeper, because what I want to build here is higher and higher and higher And so I brought this word, just feeling, I felt the weight of it myself, just felt like God was speaking to me, saying, go deeper, go deeper, go deeper, and I will go higher and higher and higher. But I also felt the weight of it 
for us as a local church. I'm going to just step aside really quickly and just give you a quick bit of training on handling the prophetic. So if someone brings you a word or if there's a word brought publicly, there is something that we would do instinctively as a local church. So instinctively as leaders, we would listen to it and we would be asking some questions. And I think Stuart has shared this once before, but we use the red, amber, green, basically traffic lights when we're approaching the prophetic, partly because prophetic words come through people. So they're not a direct voice of God, they're a mixture of the two. So their revelation from God brought through a person. And whenever you bring something through a person, you bring it through who they are. And you bring it through their interpretation. So when we get the prophetic, we get a mixture. And sometimes we get a bit more of God and a little less of the person. And sometimes you get more of the person and a little less of God. You get a blend. So the way you handle it should be exactly the same. Whether it's someone who has a massive prophetic gift and you've heard them prophesy a million times or whether it's someone who's just starting out, you should apply the same rules. So red means we stop. Whenever we hear something that someone says is from God, we stop and we check it against this. Now your Bible won't have an owl on it and look like this, but you check it against God's word. You make sure that it lines up. So for example, if someone came to me and said, I feel really strongly that God has told me to divorce my husband, I would get this out, I would check it, and I would go, ah, it doesn't really line up with what this says about marriage. Does that make sense? So red means we stop and we check it. We always make sure this is above us and our highest authority, no matter who it is who brings the word. Amber you know that point at the traffic lights where you're kind of waiting and you're ready to go and you amber's that. We basically ask a few more questions. We ask other people, we ask for revelation, we ask a few things. So we want to go, but we also know that we need to just hang on. That amber bit, that waiting bit can take a long time. You can be waiting on something that God has said to you for years and years and years. So when I was 21, someone prophesied over me that I would be part of a church plant that would then plant out into other places and that multiple church plants existed inside of me. Well, the first church plant I went on, and we haven't even sent others to go on theirs yet, was only a few years ago. And I had that word brought to me when I was 21. Sometimes the prophetic sits with us for a while while we're asking questions and we're asking others and we're getting more revelation and we're saying, God, if that is you, speak a bit more. That's your amber bit. Green is for go. And go means you act on it, you do something. You behave as if what has been said over your life is real and you do anything. And it might be a tiny thing, it might be a tiny step. So because I knew that I was going to be a part of a church plant and then multiple church plants would come out of me, I've made it my business to read about church planting, get to conferences, be around people. I've talked to people who've been on them. I've made it my mission to just be around it all 
because I want to act on it. I want to do something with it. And so it might not be that you actually get up and leave and go, but it might be that you start reading up, researching. It might be that you make a tiny step. So one day I'm going to lead, let's say you want to lead a church. So right now, why not lead a life group and practice on a mini church? That, that would be the way to start saying to God, I'm taking that word seriously, I'm doing something with it. You might feel called to leadership in your workplace. What you do right now is you take that next little step, that next little promotion, or your boss says, I was thinking you might look after this, and you say yes. And you start looking after that because one day you're going to look after that. So you make those steps where you do something. So when, when we hear the prophetic, when we bring the prophetic, we need to be checking it. We need to be asking questions of it. So I felt God speak to me about going deeper. And if we went deeper, he would build higher. I felt it for me personally. I felt it for us as a local church. If you check that sense in scripture, it really fits nicely. So if you read about the vine and the branches. If you read what Jesus says about remaining in him and bearing much fruit, it's that similar kind of feeling and concept. It's throughout scripture. God is really clear. You look at me, you look to me, and you can have all this. You do it all in your own strength and you'll get whatever you can muster up and that is it. So you come to me. It's all the way through scripture. So you check it with scripture. I asked a few other people, and other people started saying, that really connected with me. I really like that. That fitted with something I was thinking. Even on the night I bought it, others came forward and said, that really fits, that really resonates with me. And then green, we do something about it. So I've personally done something about it, but I know others of you have. So just in case you thought we weren't going to get anywhere near the Bible, you can open your Bible if you've got one, or get it up on your phone, or I can read it to you. We're going to turn to Luke 5. Verses 3 to 5. Luke 5, verses 3 to 5. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation, and I'm going to talk out of it from the New Living Translation as well. So stepping out into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat, and he taught the crowds from there. When he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we've worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. I want to use the prophetic that God has spoken to me about, and I also want to use this passage to just communicate how we go deeper. And some of you might be sitting there thinking, I don't really want to go deeper. That's fine. Stay where you are. If you want to go deeper, I'm going to give you some tools to help you go deeper. And I'm going to hopefully provoke and encourage you to make some steps to go further out with Jesus. Some of you might be new amongst us and you're just sitting there thinking, actually, I'm still getting to know you all. I'm not sure I want to go deeper. That is absolutely fine. Just sit and listen. I'll hopefully encourage you and tell you some great stories and that'll be good. For the rest of you, listen up because I feel like God wants to say some specific things to you about what it means in your life for you to go deeper. So to go deeper, I want to spell out the obvious. You first must be in the water. In order to go deeper, you've got to be in. 
You've got to be in the water. And for some of you sitting there, that will be your first step. To go deeper with Jesus, you've got to be in the water. You've got to be in the boat on the water. For him to speak to you about going out into deeper waters, you first got to be there. For some of you sitting there, you need an encounter with Jesus that begins a journey where you can go deeper. That encounter with Jesus results in men and women being saved. It results in men and women giving their lives to Jesus. I was asked on Explore whether it's enough to know all the facts about Christianity and then make a logical decision or whether there needs to be something else. There must be something else. In order for men and women to be saved, Jesus must turn up. You must have some kind of encounter with him. So please don't worry if you are sitting there thinking, I come here every week, I believe all the stuff, I know all the stuff, but I know I'm not saved yet. Please don't worry. Jesus has a habit of turning up in your life as and when he pleases. And sometimes he catches us off guard. Sometimes it's a step-by-step journey and you can see it, but he will turn up. He is brilliant at it. If you read through the Gospels, you'll see story after story of him turning up. Also, if you look around this church, you will find story after story of him walking alongside people's lives and saying, now Paul, come. Now Abby, come. Now Sarah, come. Now Karen, come. Now Peter, come. You will hear story after story of Jesus doing that. If he has not done that in your life yet, do not worry. One prayer I would say to pray is just to say, Jesus, if you're out there, come and visit me. Jesus, if you're real, show yourself to me. I said on Explore last week, it's a bit of a dangerous prayer to pray, but it's a really good prayer to pray to say, okay, if you are real, show up in my life. To go deeper, you must be in the water. To go deeper into Jesus, to go deeper into his purposes, you must first be on the water, in the water. You must be there. To go deeper, he has to be in your boat. In the story, it's a great story. I love it. And we'll we'll find the end of it at the end of the preach this morning. In the story, Jesus gets in the boat. Jesus is in with them. But you'll see that story told loads of times in the gospel where Jesus steps into people's circumstances, steps into their homes, steps into their grief, steps into their boat, steps into their hunger, steps into whatever. You'll see this over and over again with Jesus. Is he in your boat? Is he in your life? Does he come to work with you? Is he in your family? Is he allowed everywhere that you are? One of the ways we get to go deeper is we say to Jesus, every place that I am, you are so welcome. So in my, I won't be one person here on a Sunday and a different person on Monday morning in my workplace or in my school, or retired at home. I will not be a different person. I will be the same person with you wherever I go. It's one of the ways we get to go deeper is we are authentic in our walks with Jesus. So we take him wherever we go and whatever we do. We make sure that when we approach our work, he's there with us. 
we make sure at the start of our day, we're like, Jesus, if I don't have you, I'll do everything in my own strength. Come with me. Help me. He's with us when we make decisions and choices, when we have conversations or we remove ourselves from conversations. Is he with you? Or do you worship here on a Sunday and then on Monday morning crack on with what it is you need to do? To go deeper with Jesus, he needs to be in every area of your life. In the story, Jesus then takes this moment to teach. And I, like, there are things that Jesus does that make me chuckle. I think these guys have been out at work all night. They are probably tired, dirty, smelly, hungry. And he goes out into the boat with them. So they've, done, they've been out all night. They've come in. He then says, let's go out again. Initially, I think I'd be thinking, really? Like we've been out there all night. Has anyone stayed up all night? Has anyone had a baby recently? Oh my gosh. Up all night is like an absolute nightmare. Like I don't even recognize myself when I've had broken sleep. Working all night. Who works shifts? That must take a while to get your body used to because you've been up all night. And then what Jesus says is, let's go out again. Would you want to hear that when you got home from a shift? You've just got home from a shift, you've put it all out there, and then Jesus says, let's go again. And so what they do is they go out in the boat, and then Jesus says, instead of saying, you've caught no fish, here's a load of fish for you, he says, I'm just going to take a moment to teach. Now, I don't know about you, when I'm tired, when I'm hungry, I don't know that I'm receptive or ready to listen. It's partly why we feed you. Because we think, if you're fed, and if you've got you know, a good amount of caffeine in you, you're probably going to listen better than if you're tired, grouchy, and hungry. So they're tired, grouchy, and hungry, and Jesus says, I'm going to teach now. And from the boat, he teaches And what you get to see is these crowds that form and want to hear what he has to say from their boat. When I read this, I felt like God said, remind everyone in the room that from your boat, he wants to teach. And he wants to teach those around you. He wants to teach through your life, through what you do, through who you are. He wants to speak to the people around you. Sometimes to go deeper, we just need to understand the places that we stand, the influence that we have, and the ways in which Jesus wants to teach, the ways in which he wants to show others what he's like. And right now, you'll be sitting there thinking, oh man, are the people around me needing to hear something about him, learn something about him, know something through my life? through my boat, my experience, when I'm tired, when I'm grouchy, when it doesn't work out, when I've attempted something and failed, does everyone watch me? Are they looking at me thinking, man, she's a Christian. I wonder what she will do next. I wonder what he will do next. I know they go to church. I know they love Jesus. I wonder how they will handle this. When he's in your boat, he's always wanting to teach. And that means we need to be ready for that. To go deeper, to expose ourselves to all the things he's got for us, we need to be aware of where our boat is. 
We need to be aware of where we travel and what we do. We need to be aware of the people around us. We need to be aware of our influence. And some of you will be sitting there thinking, I don't think I really have influence. Everybody has influence. Everybody has people that they influence. You just need to wake up and work out who they are. You need to look around and go, who is it that I influence? So even last week, I I sat in a coffee shop with Jess, and um, there was a lady crocheting in the corner. Oh my goodness, she was crocheting lovely. And I don't have the patience for that. Like, literally, I think I've been trained once, and I think I could have thrown the whole thing at the person who was training me. I I just don't have the patience for it, but it fascinates me. So I said to Jess, I'm really sorry, I'm going to go and talk to that lady. (laughs) So I just walked over and I just said, I love what you're making. It really fascinates me. And then she just started telling me a bit of her life, basically, and who she crochets for and what she does. And at the end, I just said, I just want to encourage you. I think what you're doing is beautiful. I think what you're saying into people's lives is beautiful. You see, I'm in a coffee shop and I've got influence. And then I leave the coffee shop and I notice a young mummy with a boy, he looks about four, racing around. And it took me back. It took me back to times when I had little men racing around. And, and she looked a little tired, but she looked like she was having fun. So I just chatted to her and just said, do you know what? These are some of the most precious years. I know they're tiring, but they're so precious And she said, oh, my boy's starting school in September. So we ended up having a great chat about what it was like when mine started school. At the end, I just said to her, you are doing an amazing job. Just keep going. See, we get to be influential wherever we are, whatever we're doing. Jesus can teach from our boat if we're aware, if we're alert, if we're up for it, even if we're tired, even if we're hungry, even if we're grumpy, even if we're spent, Jesus is still wanting to do stuff through us and in our lives. To go deeper, you need to be on the lookout for directional words from Jesus. So words like, now go deeper. If you read that, those verses, the bit that jumps out for me is where he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper. Now go deeper deeper. Those kind of words, when they come like that with a now on it, with a go on it, they're directional words. And some of you are nodding because you know you've had some of them. You've had God say, now do this. We've got to be on the lookout for those. When we hear directional words like that, we need to do something with it. We need to react. We need to respond. We need to chat with someone, go somewhere, do something, pray about it. We need to respond. They're not suggestions from Jesus. Jesus wasn't like, Simon, if you fancy it, we could just go out for a little row on the boat. He was, now go deeper. Now go deeper. He didn't mean tomorrow when you've had a rest and you're feeling refreshed. He meant now. Now go deeper. What you find in this story is a great moment where Simon questions him. So he basically wants to point out that I hear what you're saying, but let me just tell you about my life. How many times have you done that? You've heard a word from God and you've gone, okay, Jesus, just in case you weren't aware, I have small children. I have no time. I have no money. Those kinds of things. 
I am already doing enough. I don't have any capacity. I can't cope with that. How many times have you done that with Jesus? I say that because I've done that many times. When I've heard Jesus' call, so when we, were, when we felt to come here, I just had a baby. Stuart and I had been married for 10 years before we had our first baby. I was saying to Jesus, seriously, now, when I feel at my least effective, I am so tired, I actually want to die so I can have a rest. I, like, now, it's now you want us to go. Not five years ago, when we were young married, we had loads of time, spare income, you didn't want us to go then, you want us to go now. And I remember really questioning it and saying, have you seen me? I'm not sleeping. I don't know how to pack a house. I don't even know how to fit a shower in. Have you looked at my life? Did you know I've now got an eight-month-old baby and I'm moving from a church with a great big kid's work and loads of support to nothing? Did you know that? And we do that, don't we, with Jesus? We ask those questions. So Simon Peter did it. He said, have you not seen us? We've been out all night fishing. We're tired, grumpy, hungry. Have you not seen us? And it's okay to question him. It's okay to ask those questions. But ultimately, we have to listen to who's speaking. Followers of the way, which is what we are, listen to his voice. And we have to remind ourselves that his voice silenced Satan. His voice speaks truth. His voice calls men and women. His voice called us, brought us from death to life. His voice teaches, prays, heals, raises the dead. His voice calms the storm, stops it in its tracks. His voice feeds the 5,000, brings freedom, speaks kindness. We have to remember who is speaking. His voice talks about the future and is accurate. His voice said on the cross, it's finished, it's all done, and it was. When he speaks, we ultimately have to listen because he is the Savior, because he is the Christ, because he is the Messiah. If you want to go deeper and he speaks, you have to listen. And you can ask all your questions and you can make all of your excuses But you ultimately have to listen because he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He ultimately has authority. Once he moves into your life, he ultimately has authority. And if he says, now go deeper, you grab your wellies or your crocs, doesn't really matter whether it's summer or winter, and you go deeper. I'm going to whiz us through a few ways in which we can do that. This book, you must pick it up and read it. You must get into this book. And you must do that whether you're a good reader or not a good reader. Because this is the way that God has revealed himself. And this book contains all that you would need to go deeper. Now, I would read loads of other books because I love reading. 
I, I have a pile of books beside my bed that is out of control. It is now in four piles, and one of the piles this morning, as I went to dry my hair, fell over screaming at me, this is out of control. It is out of control, my habit of buying books um, and promising to read them. I read loads of other books, but this book is the way that I'm going to go deeper. Getting this out every day, getting into it, reading it, allowing it to change me, allowing it to guide me, sort me out. If you don't like reading, listen to it. So open it up and listen to it. Have someone read it to you. We live, we live in an age where technology is on our side when it comes to getting to know Jesus. This book you need to read. I've made a decision this year that I'm just going to stay in the Gospels for the whole year. And I'm literally going to read and read and read and read the Gospels. And I'm going to read books alongside it. And I'm literally going to get myself utterly soaked in the person of Jesus this year. That's what I'm doing. Uh, so I'm at the back end of Matthew reading through um, uh, one of the Phil Moore commentaries on it. And that's what I'm going to do. You must get into this book to be a follower of the way, to be a Christian and say, I don't read my Bible is, I don't know what I want to say. It's dumb. It's dumb because actually this is the way that you get to learn what he wants for your life, learn what he thinks about you, learn what he has for your future. This is the way that we go deeper. So I want to encourage you, if you are not reading your Bible and you're already sitting there thinking, oh man, why do they keep banging on about this? If we could honestly help you as believers, read your Bible. I think we basically almost have our job done. If we could help you to come to Jesus in this, if we could help you find him and find yourself, I think we'd be all right. We'd all do well to read this and do whatever it says. In your life groups, be determined to get to the bit where you pray together. We have always banged on about keeping the food simple. We do this for many reasons. One, we want loads of people to be able to lead life groups and not just people that know how to cook cordon bleu meals. Two, we want to keep the price reasonable so that no one is out of pocket and that anyone who wanted to lead wouldn't need to have a great big salary in order to do that. So there are two reasons. The third reason, which is probably the largest reason, is food is supposed to be a part of an evening that helps you get to Jesus. If the food takes over and you don't get to Jesus, your evening then is about food. Which you can do that anywhere. You can go and have dinner anywhere. You can go around with friends and have dinner. What you cannot do is encounter Jesus together as a people anywhere. We do that together as the people of God. And what we want in our life groups is for you to go on a journey where you eat around a table, you chat together and make sure everyone's all right. And you ultimately get to Jesus. You ultimately get into his presence, pray for one another So if you keep the food simple and if you make sure the chat bit doesn't have one person dominating it and talking for an hour, then you can get to the bit where we get to meet Jesus. And if you go home having been fed, having been heard and having met Jesus, 
that is a great night out and worth getting out the door for. Some people don't go to life group for many reasons. One of them is, is that actually they don't think that it's even worth it. I would say if you get to meet Jesus in your life groups together, it's worth it. If you get to be heard, if you get to eat together around a table, it's worth it. It's worth getting out the door for. So I want to encourage you, one of the ways you can go deeper is you can help your life group get to the bit where we get to meet Jesus You can do that by helping with simple food and by sharing your life and what's going on and taking turns and then saying, let's get into his presence. You can do that by praying. You can do that by sticking music on, by taking bread and wine. You can do it all sorts of ways, but get to that place because then we can go deeper together. Find friends who want to go deeper too. So just pick a few people and say, I know in this season you want to go deeper. I want to go deeper. Let's help each other. Mentor someone who wants to go deeper and then you are forced to also go deeper because you cannot mentor someone or help someone if you yourself is not going on with with God. So I currently... Um, spend time with Katie, who's doing her leadership training, Jess, who's doing FP, and Anna, who's doing TSM. Those three women have all decided they are going deeper, they are going further with Jesus. And they've said to me, can we just spend a bit of time together? What that means is I can't sit back and go, yeah, sure, I'll just coast along, while they're hungry and they're going, we want to go deeper, we want to know more, we want to find this out. I can't just sit back. When you mentor people, when you get involved with people, it is so good for you. Jesus knows that. He knows that when the older passes on to the younger, when we invest in others in the next generation, or when we invest in our peers, when we mentor one another, help one another, he knows that ultimately we benefit. I ultimately benefit from spending time with Katie, Jess, and Anna. I benefit from their hunger and what they're sacrificing and what they're going after. I benefit because they cause me to go away and research things that they've asked or things that they want to know and they want to learn and grow in. I ultimately benefit. I hope they do too. But find people. Find people to run alongside. Find people to mentor and help. Find people who also hunger. Some of you don't go deeper because you're hanging out with the wrong people. You're spending more of your time with people who are grumbling and complaining than you are with people who are saying, I want more of Jesus. And you go, oh man, I should probably want more of Jesus as well. I'll I'll do that too. Find places to go deeper. So I've made the prayer meet in one of my places Um, I've done that because I don't have any kids at the prayer meeting. I'm not responsible for the youth at the prayer meeting, and I'm not responsible for the kids' work. It is my one place where I can literally rock up and help us go into the presence of God and also go there myself without any major distractions. We felt so strongly about it, Stuart and I, that we made a decision when we went to prayer meetings that we would pay a sitter outside of the church out of our own finances to come and sit for us for every single prayer meeting. When we budgeted for it, it it ends up costing us hundreds in order to have someone in our home 
that we trust so that we can go and pray. And we made that decision because we just felt like that is the place we want to be. We definitely want to be praying over this local church, but we also wanted an environment where we can go and connect with Jesus and connect with his heart for this local church. The prayer meter for me is one of my places. It's one of the places where I really hear Jesus and I really get to go deeper. I really get to worship him. I really get to see what his heart's like. I I absolutely love it. It'd be the one meeting that I'd be really loath to miss. I would if I had to, but I would be loath to. I love it because it's, I've made it a sanctuary. I've made it a place where I've said to Jesus, you and me, we are going deeper here. He loves it because I've said we're going deeper and I'm serious about this. And there's something in the heart of God that loves it when we make decisions like that. When it costs us. When we say, this is what I've set my heart on. Find places where you can set your heart on him and go deeper with him. It might be a Sunday morning. It might be your life group. It might be a conference. It might be the prayer meeting. Some of you have never been to the prayer meeting yet, and you're sitting there thinking, maybe I ought to just even go to one. Some of you are thinking, I can't do evenings. Well, maybe you gather a few people during the day in your home. Some of you are sitting there thinking, I want a place Try the prayer meeting. Try and make it your place where you say, I'm going. I'm setting my heart on that. I'm setting my mind on that. I'm going and I'm going to meet with Jesus in new and different ways. I've been having some amazing experiences with Jesus there. So I've been feeling um, angelic stuff. So I've had, I've had several meetings where I physically felt, when I say this out loud, I'm going to sound crazy. So, okay. Um, and where I physically felt the flutter of what feels like feathers. I can't describe it any other way. I know that we've been having some angelic stuff in our prayer meeting. I know we've had angelic beings around us while we've been praying, while we've been worshipping. I'm still saying to Jesus, what is this about? What's going on? Partly, I think he's probably just saying, be aware that I'm here. Be aware that I've turned up. We need to find places where we can go deeper with him. Find new and different songs. Don't keep playing the same old worship songs. They're lovely having a history with a song, but what you want is a future. What you want is new experiences and new encounters as well as bringing in all the stuff that we've learned and done together and remember that. But you want new as well. You want fresh Find some worship songs that are fresh and new and can take you to different places. I'm grateful that we have a worship team that are always kind of pushing out and going, what's new? What what can we grab hold of? What can we have a go at? What it does is it takes us deeper when we experience God in new ways and with new phrases and new words. I found a few phrases that I've really loved out of some of the elevation worship stuff that have taken me to deeper places. That just the way that they'd phrased up some stuff to do with the resurrection for me, the song resurrecting me, uh, like has opened up new ways that I've been exploring God and I've been just loving it. Just a phrase in a song. So find some new songs. If you go deeper, he will build higher. At the end of Luke 5, verse 6, it says this, And this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. 
They brought in a catch that was so huge it required extra boats and nets were tearing. If you go deeper, he will go higher. If you listen to him, obey him, he will bring in fish beyond your belief. We are enormously blessed when we listen to Jesus. Amen? So whether you put these on or these on, whether you put wellies or crocs on, whether it's spring, summer, whether, whatever it looks like in your life, I find that so distracting. <laughs> Is my boy all right? Yeah, good. Um, if we go deeper, he will go higher. You have to put wellies, crocs on, doesn't matter. The job that they do is to protect your feet so that you can go further. They are not there to keep you dry or to keep you safe. When we go further and deeper with Jesus, it will cost us. We will get wet. But we will bring in a harvest. We will bring in a catch that is beyond our wildest dreams. When we said yes to Jesus coming here, we had no idea this is what he would do. We hoped this is what he would do. We had no idea this is what he would actually do. When we packed up our home in my very tired state and moved to Sutton Coalfield, we didn't know most of you. If you go deeper, he will build higher. Let's stand, let's worship him, worship team. Please come and join me. We've got plenty of time to worship him and go deeper with him. I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to look to him. Jesus, we we love you and we hear you over and over again calling to us, saying, come on. Come on, come on. We understand that for Simon, it it meant taking his boat out deeper and bringing in a catch beyond his wildest dreams. We understand that when you said to Peter, come out onto the water, he got to walk on water. We understand that when we go deeper with you, when we're obedient, when we do the things you've asked of us, when we respond in faith, We get to see impossible things. So we love you, Lord, and trust you. And we believe it's your voice that's calling us to go deeper. We believe that it's your voice that's promising you'll build higher. We know it in our own lives and in the life of this local church. We see you doing what you've said you will do. Is If we make you our focus, if we look to the Lamb, if we do the things he asks us to do, he will bring the growth. And we love you, Jesus. And we most want to honor you. We most want to worship you. We most want to be found in you. We think you are wonderful. We think you are amazing. We think you are splendid. We know no one like you. And we listen to you and we'll come. Amen. Amen.